caregiver sathi brings to you conversations with gentle warriors a series of our live facebook sessions where caregivers share their caregiving journeys now in a podcast format to catch them live follow our youtube and facebook pages Uh, and everybody here from caregiver sathi and wishing you a very happy women's day i think today is a really wonderful day that um, we have you here with us because i think you embody everything that a really strong woman is about i've had the pleasure of knowing you for the past so many years and uh, sonia uh, you have been a sathi to a caregiver and then a caregiver yourself could you tell us a little bit about yourself uh thanks aver and uh, caregiver sathi for having me on this platform to talk about and share my journey and before we start today's session i would like to take this opportunity to wish everyone all the lovely women out there a very happy women's day uh i'm sonia suri and i'm currently living in baku azerbaijan and i've been moving internationally Uh, for my husband's work over the past 15 years i joined caregiver sathi to be able to lend a helping hand to those who might need my journey made me realize the importance of having someone there and in my case i had my husband who was my support my backbone and through my journey i have now or if i may say i i made it my mission to create awareness about my father's disease which was idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and being an ambassador with caregiver sathi has given me a huge learning curve thank you so much bhavna for creating this platform for people like us who need the structure and guidance to be able to do things that we could that's so lo- lovely sonia and i totally echo your sentiments as do most of us here so um from what i uh, gather sonia from about 2000 you know for about 9 years from 2014 onwards you were really uh, a great support to rahul your husband as he did back and forth trips to india to look after both his parents his father who eventually succumbed and his mother who is still alive but has her own issues with falls and breaking bones and getting into hospitals and uh, how was it like to be able to provide that kind of support to him what was it for you how hard was it for you because i know initially you were probably your uh, older son was very small and you were carrying your second child so how hard was it for you to be a sathi to rahul in this time um zaver my husband has really been my like i said my strength and my pillar of support and honestly if i may say i learned what it means to be a caregiver from him you know as i mentioned we move internationally every 2 3 years and I've, we've lived in six countries and since he was the only son for his parents he was always there when he needed to be and seeing him do that i learned when my turn came 
wonderful sonia uh, it was challenging if we want to consider it as a challenge yes it was challenging you know i could not be there to help him support his parents when his father or my father in law was having his uh, as you know back surgeries because my kids were very small it was impossible to leave them alone for both of us and to be there so we took roles he was the one who was present at the time and then i was supporting him emotionally uh, you know it was hard on him as well and uh, it was tough yes uh, kids were young you know they couldn't understand how frequently dad was going or how it was happening but i guess uh, this was a an upbringing that you give to your children as well you know they right. see you looking after your parents in my husband's case he looked after his parents in my case i looked after my parents and i cannot uh, i cannot um, stress enough on this that you know this is the upbringing that we can give to our kids that's really wonderful sonia uh, sonia i think uh, it was really a very difficult time for you when you learned about your dad uh being diagnosed with uh, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis this is something that not many of us know about i mean i not meaning to demean any other disease but things like cancer dementia alzheimers uh, these are diseases that we come across much more often so i'm sure the journey running up to his diagnosis also was not an easy one and uh, once you got to know i know that you were remote in location but probably you were ever present and as you said to me you felt that you were more present when you were far away though you made several trips down to uh, you know look after your father and be of support to your mother can you share with us the challenges of this diagnosis uh, sonia and uh, something about idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis so yes there it was for any child it would be tough you know if you get to know that your father has a terminal ill a rare progressive terminal illness called idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis that was my father's case uh, i was the younger one in the family i had honestly never taken much responsibility until then um i had seen my parents they had always lived with my grandparents and they had always looked after them so besides seeing my husband look after his dad when or, or be present for his dad when he, he needed you know support as a son would do i even saw my own father do that for his parents right. my mom when she got married she came into a joint family and till the day my uh, my grandparents were there they lived together yeah uh, having grown in that grown up uh, growing up in that uh, household you know obviously that was like taken for granted that yes you looked after your elders right so here now um my father's disease is such that diagnosis is very very challenging and because the awareness is not there hence number one my mission to create raise awareness about this disease and number two even more important 
because the diagnosis is very challenging. The symptoms are very similar to many other diseases. So even general physicians find it very challenging. Sometimes they don't know about the disease. And that's what I learned through my dad's uh, journey. Could you share what those symptoms were, Sonia? So uh, we found out about Papa's uh, illness in 2018, April. Um, I have to say kudos to my mom who was, you know, she was seeing the deterioration. I was also honestly seeing the deterioration happen with him. He was losing weight. He was losing appetite. Um, he would feel breathless uh, with certain actions. Like if after a shower, he would feel really breathless. Or after going up the stairs, he would feel very breathless. But he was able to walk for, he had a very strict regime of, going for his walks 35 minutes in the morning, 30, 35 minutes in the evening. So even his family doctor was not, uh, was, was not able to diagnose. He was not able to understand when a person of his age, his physique was able to walk so much, why have the challenge to be able to climb stairs? Right. Uh, him losing weight was one thing that kind of made me worry about this whole thing and I pushed mommy to take him to the doctor so I remember I visited India in 2017 when we celebrated their 50th uh, anniversary and after that when I came in the summer with my boys uh, even though I was staying with my mother-in-law at that time when I went and visited my father I I did not feel normal I'm like I I had seen him in February, and then from February to June, seeing that deterioration kind of raised that red flag for me. Right. I took him to the doctor, same thing. The doctor made him walk, did his physical examination. We could not diagnose it. Then in 2018, this is sometime in March, because he was still continuing to deteriorate, my mom took him to the doctor again. And at that point, the doctor suggested that we should do uh, x-ray, mm -hmm. his lungs x-ray. So when we did the lungs x-ray, he saw some spots. And that prompted him to take the next step. We are very, very kind, uh, to, sorry, thankful to this kind doctor, Dr. Satish Tham, who was able to pick it up in the x-ray. So right after the x-ray, he sent Papa for the CT scan. When the CT scan report came, my mom sent it to me. Now, it so happened that I have a childhood friend who's a senior pulmonologist, uh, Dr. Sakshi Dua. She's based out of New York. And I just sent her my dad's uh, CT scan report just to have a look. She was very, very kind and immediately responded and gave me all the information. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, for a moment, it was hard. Because she was very honest. She was very clear. She said, Sonia, he's got the prognosis of this disease. Because the disease is not diagnosed ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Because it's diagnosed in a later stage. Because there is no awareness about the symptoms of this disease, it usually gets diagnosed very late. And by then, the patient only has two to three years left right. in most of the cases. 
And same thing happened with my dad. So I was thankful that she gave me all the information as to what testing needs to be done. Because IPF, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, is different from pulmonary fibrosis. So she kind of, you know, told us the the, the steps to take. You need you need somebody at this you know in this this time who can guide you what you need to do. Now you could go to the best of the doctors, but you would be very overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the language they would speak, the terminology, the tests. Most of us, most of us, and I would say even my mother at that time, that when we first took my dad to, so let me go back a little bit. Once the diagnosis was done by Dr. Satish Tham, he recommended that we show him to a pulmonologist in Gangara. I was not able to reach, when I received the information from my friend, I sent it to my brother and he said he will go. He will be the one who will reach Delhi. He was also out of Delhi. So he said he will make it and he will go for the first appointment. Um, when he was there at the appointment, the pulmonologist wrote the exact same tests that were needed to be done to rule out pulmonary fibrosis in Papa. Now, as normally, you know, people would think that, oh, yeah, they've written tests because they want to make money. At, it's, it's so important that, you know, as caregivers of patients, we and even patients, we realize that not every time it's about money making. Sometimes the diagnosis is very difficult. And to be able to do the right diagnosis, the doctors know what they're doing. You're, you're, you're taking your patient to a doctor. Have the faith. Please have the faith from the start. Please have the confidence. And then the journey becomes easy. Right. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. So, so Sonia, uh, it was a struggle right through his journey for you. And uh, can you tell me how it, you know, how did it impact you? How did it impact your family? You told me that you did, you and your brother chose not to inform your father and your mother about this diagnosis. And uh, was that yeah. more hard for you or... Were you at peace with it? How did it go for you? It was hard initially, Isabel. Uh, we, we had to hide it from my mother because I was very worried about, not only me, my brother and I, we were both very worried about our mother's health. Right. She gets quite anxious. She's not young too. And for her to be able to know that She's going to lose her husband in the next couple of years. Would not have helped us in any way. So we decided to not share this information with her. Um, We were at peace because we knew that whatever time they are spending or whatever time my dad had, they will spend happily rather than just worrying about something is going to happen to him. So that was the reason we had... it, It was... For our family, it worked. It would have worked for the better, because if Mum would have known, it would have been very, very difficult hard. to manage two patients. 
And Sonia, you told me that the medication for the pulmonary fibrosis was actually making him very sick. And there was a point when you and your brother with holding the hands of your doctor took the decision to stop that medication and give him a good quality of life. I think that was a very brave, it was extremely brave on your part. Could you share with us about that time? So this was, so my dad got diagnosed with the disease in 2018, April. And this was in February, 2019 that we took the decision because we saw, uh, so the, the medication for this disease is basically to slow down the progression of the disease. It does not cure it. Now, it comes with a lot of side effects. And in my dad's case, it was diarrhea. Mm-hmm. He had already lost a lot of weight. He was, he had no appetite. He was really shrinking and at that point seeing him suffer with bouts of diarrhea every two three days just simply because of the medication that was going in was very hard so i uh, decided to go and see his pulmonologist and speak to him asking his advice first what do i do because this is what my uh, dad's situation was so he recommended we do another CT scan and see if after taking the medication over six months, if there has been any slowed, slowing down of the disease. Mm-hmm. We did not see any of that. Right. Instead, his disease was progressive. So he said that he, he said it was only sense that we stopped the disease if we as family were okay with it. Uh, so I stopped with the medicine. Um, my father, even though I said to you, we did not share the the main diagnosis. He knew he had a lung disease. He knew that it was, uh, you know, his lungs were compromised, mm-hmm. but he did not know that he had less time. Even though we did that, we did not share that big information. And for some families, you know, the, some people will say that it was not right. He should have had. Uh, that knowledge, he should have been able to decide what he was the one who decided he did not want the medication. Yes. He did not know that he had less time, but he mm-hmm. took the decision that he was fed up of this medication that was giving him all these troubles. So he just simply, he was like, I just want to stop this medicine. So, and, you know, we just, Yes, my brother and I did not say it to him, but he was older than us. He was our father. At that age, they know what's what's happening. I mean, he was the one who was suffering. He would have probably, you know, guessed at what situation he was in as well. How did it make you feel? I mean, it must have been very hard. Did you have the support of friends, family? I had... I had a lot of support, support there from my husband and my children. I cannot, cannot, cannot stress enough on this. Out of the 18 months that my father was there after his diagnosis, I was in India for nine months, maybe close to 10 months, actually. My son was about 12, 13 years of age. The older one was in boarding, but the younger one was 12, 13 years of age. My husband, as you know, he's a hotelier. And hoteliers have very long working hours. Right. 
does not matter what stage of career you are in it just is never ending uh still he managed he managed the house he managed the family and not only that when my father was hospitalized the first time in 2018 in december he joined me complete surprise i did not know he just showed up at the hospital at the most crucial time of a hotel year for for the year that they have during christmas and at that time your mother was hospitalized too in another room yeah so i was in a situation when so this was the first exasperation that my ipf exasperation that my dad had in 2018 december just two weeks before this my brother took him to gangaram hospital we had an excellent pulmonologist dr basudar my dad saw him he went without oxygen he spent uh, traveling time from gurgaon to gangaram one and a half hours back and forth waiting there to see the doctor for five hours my dad was without oxygen and two weeks later he was in the hospital in the uh, well not in the icu first but he was in the hospital with a huge uh, oxygen increment that they had to put him on high level of oxygen uh, mom called me and i said okay you take him to the hospital i will reach tonight i was in dubai it was just one flight i was i booked myself i left in the afternoon morning i got a call around 10:30 11 I left I was in the flight at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon straight went to the hospital next day saw his situation the doctors had put him on steroids and he was starting to stabilize and how much longer did it take uh, sonia a year after a year exactly a year after that this right. was december 2018 and then december 2019 he left us and in between this i know that your mother in law had some faced some challenges and you had to make some trips to also well, take was, care of her yeah so i was so this is december 2018 that papa was in the hospital and then i realized at that time after two days i spent a day with my mom and realized she was in a bad condition she was coughing and bad uh, cold and she had been on uh, antibiotics nothing had helped her so i insisted that i wanted to bring her to the hospital admit her so that she could be treated as well because i couldn't be at home while i'm in the hospital with my father i understand so brought him brought mommy to the hospital both of them were hospitalized in the same hospital in different rooms thankfully mom after a couple of days started to respond well to the medications but at that time papa deteriorated so he needed to be moved into icu now when he went to the icu the doctor came and spoke to me you know his disease was a lung disease so they came and spoke to me about ventilator now again here being the younger one in the family had never taken such decisions had had never taken responsibility until then suddenly i'm being asked if something goes wrong would you want to put your father on ventilator it was very hard i i was not ready for that i know nobody is ever sonia but 
Um, I know you were his princess. He always called you that, and yeah. I I can fully understand how hard it was for you. But I think you took that Anyhow, brave decision. I was very very fortunate that I had excellent neighbors. Right. I I think my parents really did something so good in their lives that they have neighbors who are more than family for us. Right. So. even though my unfortunately my brother was not able to reach when papa was in icu my neighbor bhaiya he was supported there. your decision he was he was there with me the entire time i cannot thank you enough vinod bhaiya but um uh, so i i immediately called my brother because i was not comfortable taking the decision and we decided that no we will not put him as the doctor advised we will not put him on ventilator thankfully he did not need to he responded well to the medications and next day he was out of icu right so we brought mummy home after a few days papa came home and they were settling papa was settling they were both in different rooms that in even in the house because i wanted mums i didn't want mums infection to get to papa i was settling them down and on so this is end of Jan, december beginning of january and couple of weeks trying to settle everything at home i got a call from my mom in law that she had gone to the bank and she's had a fall and while she was telling me i could make out she's in a lot of pain when she's speaking to me so she didn't say that she would go to the doctor right away i told her i would come i was out running some errands for my parents but i said as well as soon as i get home i will leave and i will come over to see her then after 15 minutes mom uh, mom in law called again and she said bete uh, i am going to get my x-ray done uh with a friend of hers and i said okay mom you go i you go you come back get your x-ray done get home and i will reach immediately in the meantime obviously informed my husband and uh, packed up my bags to go to my mom in law's place when i reached there Uh, she had an attendant for her and her very dear friend she was there as well and i saw the attendant the way she was so my mom mom in law so sorry the x-ray confirmed that it was a fracture now my mom in law wanted to go to the hospital the next day it was already late evening and she said we'll stay the night at home and next day we will go to the hospital So when I saw the attendant trying to give her a bedpan the way she was moving mom I was just not comfortable I was very worried that if she stays the night and if the fracture develops into a multi fracture or something else goes wrong at that point I spoke to my husband and I said I said I'm I would be more comfortable if we can take mommy to the hospital and there can be she can have proper care. So this is one more thing where you know people try to avoid being in the hospital for whatever reasons they may have but I at that time felt that it was the most important thing that she her physically she was physically looked after. Right. Even none of us were trained to do that. i was not the attendant was not nobody was trained for that 
So I spoke to my husband. He agreed on that. Um, I spoke to my mom-in-law's friend. She agreed. And then I talked to mom-in-law and she agreed very willingly. She said, let's go. And so then you went to the army hospital, I gather. Correct. And uh, what were the differences you found in, you know, being with an army hospital and a private hospital with your parents? Did you face any challenges or did you think the care was the same at both places? I would honestly say from the medical perspective, they looked after my mom-in-law. Excellent. It was just excellent. Right. No doubts about it. I mean, you cannot get better care than... And I experienced in the same year, private hospital and uh, military hospital. Uh, not to demean or bring down private hospital, I have to say that the Columbia Asia Hospital in Gurgaon, where my father was, uh, both my parents were admitted, really, really supported us. Like, I have no words to thank them as well. But the care that my mom-in-law got medical medically was excellent in Army Hospital. The difference was that they don't let attendant, a patient's attendant stay there. So that was, but you need to just trust the organization. You just need to trust the doctors, the nurses. They know what they're doing. They're very well qualified. Trust them. And uh, the one thing that worked really wonders for me, even though they don't allow attendant to stay overnight with the patient, even actually during the day, they don't even allow, they have visiting hours. But I was fortunate I was able to build relationships with the staff there, and that worked wonderful. That's wonderful, Sonia. I had WhatsApp numbers, and, you know, I had phone numbers. I, doctors were so kind. They were able, even willing to share. So if, I was able to stay there most of the time, but if I was not there, I knew I had the resources whom I could reach out to and I had the confidence they would help. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Sonia, going back to your dad, you said that you read extensively about idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and also joined certain support groups. How did that help you in your journey? So I'll talk about this first in relation to my mom-in-law as well. And I cannot uh, emphasize less on learning about the problem, the disease, or the sickness, or whatever you want to call it, that your patient has. In my mom-in-law's case, when I would speak to the doctors, they, they knew that what I'm saying, I know about it. And same goes with my father's journey. IPF, so my mom-in-law's was a fracture. IPF is a very rare disease. Does not matter if it is known or an unknown thing. Just, just empower yourself with the knowledge. So when you speak to them, the medical professionals, they speak to you on that level. Right. That's uh, I joined a lot of Facebook groups for my father's disease. I went on a lot of websites. Uh, first thing was my friend who really, really, you know, gave me a lot of information and help. And then she prompted me to go and look up online on the disease, which I did. Uh, then I joined a lot of Facebook groups, which 
are caregiver groups. Uh, it is amazing, amazing, amazing how everybody who's suffering with the same or has someone suffering with the same disease is able to connect, is able to relate, is able to guide people as to what to do. I did not know a single person on that group, but I could ask questions. I could just put anything and everybody would respond. Uh, there's a lady, I really have to mention her name here, Ms. Delina Coach. She's the one who initiated this uh, Facebook page that uh, I'm part of. It's Pulmonary Fibrosis by Breath Support. Wonderful, wonderful people. How they reach out. It does not, sometimes people would just vent out the way. Sometimes people just wanted to cry. Whether it was patient, whether it was caregiver, so important. they just needed they just needed someone to be able to hear you. And the amount of response and the support that you got, it was amazing. For me to be able to manage my father's disease and his journey in the way that I was able to, it's only th- I'm only only thankful to these groups that I was part of that I got so much knowledge, I learned so much about the disease. And then, again, when I would speak to his pulmonologist, whether in Colombia, Asia, or in Gangaram, Dr. Basu, or Dr. Piyush in uh, uh, Colombia, Asia, they knew I know about it. Right, Sonia. And uh, I, know I that cannot dad... stress enough, please learn, for whoever is going through this, please learn about what your patient is suffering from. And I know that you spent a lot of the last six months of, um, you know, your dad's life and you shared with me about how you were actually moving house and you're unpacking boxes and your husband said, Sonia, what are you doing here? You need to be with your dad. And I think this point that you have brought out is so wonderful that spouses and families understand each other and support each other in this journey. And I'm forever grateful to Raul for this, for taking so good care of you on this front as well. Uh, Sonia, you lost your father. It was a very hard time for you. In a few weeks of losing your father, or maybe even less than that, you tried to relocate your mother, and uh, you went back, and in a short while you were back again with a diagnosis of breast cancer for her. This should have been one of the hardest blows for you, because as you told me, that she was probably brewing it in the last six months of your father's life, but you were all so consumed by looking after your father that somehow, perhaps, this was missed. Um, I, I hope that you have no feelings of guilt for it. I know that your mother is doing well now, and I think, uh, again, resources like Caregiver Sati, you know, if they were holding your hand at that time, it might have been a different story. But could you share briefly about your mother's journey and also her journey with Parkinson's? Yeah, so within three months of losing my dad came this big jolt. I was not ready for this survey. I know. I had not been able to grieve my father's loss. Um, I could not show emotions or share emotions with my mom because... She would not been able to. She would have not been able to handle my grief at that point. And then suddenly her diagnosis came. Well, why so late? 
even though she was complaining of it a few months in the last few months of my dad's illness because like you rightly said we were completely consumed with papa's sickness so when mom complained of, uh, in mid february that you know i'm not i feel a lump is there i immediately as if okay, i've had i've done enough for papa now you know what i need to whether it is anything or it's nothing i need to take her to the doctor and get it checked up so it's ruled out we went to the doctor and immediately he diagnosed it he said this is this lump is not good it is not to be there you need to get a biopsy done to remove it and once we remove it we will send it to the lab to check and uh, i don't know i think uh, i'm blessed that every doctor that i get is really really a good doctor uh, again here found an amazing doctor who diagnosed it pretty early thankfully it had not spread into her breast so we were she was still at a early stage we removed the got the biopsy done uh, we removed so the lump was taken out from the when we did the biopsy it had not spread in the breast but still her oncologist surgeon dr tyagi from yashoda hospital in ghaziabad again i cannot 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 thank them enough but the way he explained to me he said sonia breast cancer in lot of cases we have seen it reoccur now we cannot give chemotherapy to your mom so we will remove the breast it all happened at a time when covid was taking it's showing its presence around the world um i remember the first day of the bharat band and the next day i took mummy to the hospital in gaziabad i got admitted we got the surgery done it was um uh, it was a bit uh, uh, difficult after the surgery for her but she came out of icu she was brought home faced a lot of challenges but i i had i had attendant for mummy and that is i had an attendant for my father and for my mother i did not shy from having that attendant i mean a lot of cases i see people who don't get an attendant and they think that themselves doing it is the right way to do it sometimes we do not know like in my mother my, my mother in law's case the way the attendant was lifting her up to give her the bedpan i i didn't feel comfortable so we sometimes we don't know how to do these things so i i i i had an attendant for mom my brother has been a huge 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 support he has financially supported my mom my father through their sickness through their you know paying for the attendance medications stuff like that so again can't thank him enough but uh, i knew that i needed help and i won't be able to manage without an attendant so and she seems to have come through with the breast cancer but it's now the has. parkinson's that's taking over sonia i salute you today really and i feel that you know i, I as i said to uh, bab uh, babna i don't know how to describe our relationship 
and uh, I, I just feel so proud that you have handled each and every of these illnesses, each one so different from the other, and you have, you know, not given short of yourself to look after whoever it may have been. I just want to ask you, Sonia, as a caregiver, what were the main challenges that you faced, maybe mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually? How did it affect you? The biggest challenge ever was that I was not with my family. Okay. There were extensive periods of times where I had not seen my son. And, you know, it was the formative years of his schooling life, his academic life. He was in the middle school. Uh, obviously, not being around my husband, he went through his time where, you know, he, he was waiting for his promotion to become the general manager. He got that. And we were not together <laughs> for a long time. Um, I have to say that, um, you know, the boys in my house, my family, not once did they ask me, when are you coming back? Not once, whether it was my younger boy, Savar, my older son. Uh, there was a time in my older son came to came home in Dubai for the summer and I was not there. I was with Papa because I knew Papa had limited time. So I just wanted to spend as much time as possible with him. But thankfully, none of them ever asked me. So that kind of took a huge, uh, that was a huge relief for me. Uh, emotionally dealing with the fact that we were hiding a big thing from mommy and papa. Uh, and if it would happen at a time when neither me or my brother are there, you know, how well was would they be to be able to manage? But again, like I said, in India, the neighborhood system is still so prevalent. Um, I, I am so fortunate that my parents have amazing neighbors who were their support, their lifeline. Challenges were getting medications at times. Challenges were finding the right attendance. Challenges were being able to get the right doctors, having the support systems. And I think what Caregiver Sati is doing, providing all of these that I just mentioned, you know, what Bhavna, as she says, her vision is to be able to provide uh, a place where people can go to and get information, a one-stop information place is just amazing because there was nothing, I, I had to just dig in. And when you look at the net, you have so much available. You're not sure if if I'm getting an attendant from a particular agency, if it will be okay or it's going to be risky or what it is. So having this kind of a platform that Bhavna's vision is that to be able to provide that information to people is amazing. Thank you so much, Sonia. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, it's been wonderful. One thing that I you. would like to sure. The one thing that I would like to say to all the caregivers right now who are there, in their journeys, please reach out for help. Please, please, please reach out for help. It's not possible to do it. And don't be shy. Don't feel embarrassed if you can't do it and if someone else does it for you. 
please ask for help. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you for being here with us and sharing your story and all strength to you. Thank you. Thank you, Zabel. I've only learned all this from you. Oh, (laughs) thank you. Your journey is not hidden from me as well. And what I've learned from you, I I I was a little baby when we... I know. It's a great great feeling of uh, camaraderie, sisterhood and brotherhood that we have with caregiver Sati. And um, yes, thank you so much. Thank you, Nabla. Thank you so much, Zavet. Thank, thank you, you Sonia. Take care. If you can identify with this story, please share it with others who care for someone and help them share too. The feeling of being understood, not being alone, and access to support is what keeps caregivers going. What part of this story connected with you? Do you have a story to share? Do let us know.